Okay, so you know I'm going to ask, how many of you spoke to the storms this week? I did. I did. All I did. right. Okay, so I heard Sister Parrot say she did. I heard Lynn say she did. Anybody else? Yeah, Tamara. I did. Tamara did and Sister I Michelle did. did. Who was that? The last I did. one. Deborah. 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 Wait, say your name. Deborah. Okay, Deborah Ryberg? Yes. Okay, okay. Anybody else? I think that's everybody. Okay, good. Now here's the here's the next question. How many of you spoke to the storm every day? I did. I did about three days after. I did three days. Okay. Who was the first person that said I did? Lynn. Shalom. Lynn. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. And now let me ask you, when you all were speaking to the storms, did you, have you observed anything? We've been doing this for a few weeks now. Have you observed anything about your experience? Um, has it changed in any kind of way? Have you noticed any, um, do you have any observations about yourself, what you're experiencing while you're doing it? Um, anything, any observations that are coming from this exercise? Well, when you say you sound as if you're in charge, When you say it, you sound like you're in charge? Yes. Yes. Like it's an order. It's an order. Yes. <laughs> Follow your name. Follow your name. Good. Okay. Anybody else? Well, yeah. Okay. I have this thing that I I just don't don't even want the storms from what we're saying, I don't even want the storms to appear. Okay. They, they don't even they don't even want to appear. And um, the other thing is is that I look for another place to apply this principle. So I applied okay. it to my finance. I applied it to my finances. Okay. And so I you're you're. A, I applied it to a fly. And what happened when you applied it to a fly? I found the fly later that day, dead on the floor. <laughs> well, what did you say to the fly? I said, "In the name of Jesus, you die." And took authority and over you, the Okay. I so mean, you spoke when to... When I did my finances, when I did my finances, I said, finances, you bow your knee to the name of Jesus and say that he is, um, and you confess that he is Lord. And then I spoke to the fact that my finances were to come in. 
Okay, and so have you seen anything in your finances yet, or you're still confessing, and, and we're going to hear the testimony? Mostly I'm just thanking them for them. Good. Okay. I like that, because thanksgiving is a statement of faith. When you thank somebody for something, it's as if it's already done. You're thanking them for something that's already done. So what I hear you say with your finances is that you have commanded them to bow their knee to the name of Jesus and to confess that Jesus is Lord. And because you have taken authority, you expect that to happen. And because you have received it as already done, you're already giving praise to God. Is that right? Correct. Oh, good. How come you don't sound excited about that and excited about the dead fly? <laughs> you commanded the fly to die, and then later you found it dead? Amen. <laughs> That's awesome. That beats the fly swatter any day. Oh, yeah. Any day. <laughs> uh, yeah, that came about because I couldn't find my fly swatter. Okay. All right. Does anybody else have any reflections? I will tell you that I am experiencing a substantial storm in my life right now. And whereas I am no stranger to taking authority, I do feel more confident. I do feel more empowered. I do have more expectations than I've had in the past. And the thing that I've been meditating on most throughout the week, the thing that you, you guys know I get happy about it every time I talk about it, Luke chapter 10, verse 19, the thing that has just really been whoo, standing out to me all week is I have authority over all the ability of the devil. He can only do what I allow him to do. So as much as in my control, I have the ability to command the enemy to stop doing the things that he's doing, and he must stop. But because other people are involved, I can only control what I can control. The other people have to make the choices um, that go along with what has already been put in place by my spiritual authority. If they choose not to take advantage of what has been put into place, if they choose not to align with what has come into place, then they're not going to get the results that are available to them. But because I've spoken and the devil has had to cease and desist in his endeavors, everything is available for the other people involved. But it's their choice as to whether to take it or not. So I am I'm feeling empowered. I'm feeling confident, not wondering if my prayer worked, not wondering if it's going to happen. I know beyond a shadow of a fact that it's already done because that's how it works. And so I am grateful for this boost in confidence and for this extra dose or extra feeling of empowerment that comes with practicing our authority every day. Amen? Yeah.
Amen. All right. So now let me go to the next question. How many of you engaged with the texts that I sent this week? I sent a replay of last week's Bible study. I sent a couple of videos by Creflo Dollar talking about authority and how to use it. Um, I sent a crossword puzzle. I sent a video and asked you all to, um, you know, glean, write down what you gleaned from it. And I sent a quote and a scripture and asked you all to meditate on it. How many of you engaged with any, all, or some of the texts this week? Texts this week. I looked at the crossword. I looked at the video. And did that one. Yes, you did. Thank you, Tamara, for responding to the video. Thank you. I looked at, I did the, uh, about half of the crossword. Yes. Okay. And um, I looked at the videos. Looked at the video. Okay. All right. Um, Tamara, do you want to share what you got from that video? I thank you for texting it to me. What I got from listening to his voice, we must first know his voice as as his sheep. Otherwise, the devil will distract with voices from other people. Interp- and interpretation of God's plan for for us, or the devil starts talking to get you to do something that goes that doesn't line up with God's word or plan, uh, which the devil doesn't know the plan because the Lord's steps are strategic, just as He was showing in the you know the telling the girl who blindfolded to the different steps, step to the side, step yeah. back, to the, back and line back up because she. Stepped over a little bit too far over. That I means sometimes we do come through, but then got back in line just <laughs> so that and that uh, and not quick steps. They said not to make quick steps as we move forward in Him. And even stepping forward, you may take some turns that feel or look like you're going back from where you've been, but you are following God's voice. So uh, and I said, make sure we do not have conversations with the devil because there was a point where he says, "Then why are you talking to me?" She said, no, you don't believe in me, but yet you responded to me. So that conversation, so that, and uh, so when you, and I put, and you think you're not, but with but the response to the enemy action, then he sees it as a personal listening to him. So he takes what we do, and when we respond to his action, even though we don't believe him, he's thinking like, uh-huh, you still listen to me, though. So, That's yeah. right. That's right. If you give him an inch, he'll take a mile, right? Yeah. Very good. So it's important for us to recognize God's voice and to listen to that and to ignore the devil's voice. If I'm talking to my six year old student, this is all of my students know that in order to come with Miss K, you have to use your listening ears. That's a must if you're going to come with Miss K. And so with my six year old student that I get to teach and, and tell him about Jesus we were um, learning about Adam and Eve in the garden and how Eve listened to the serpent. And the lesson we got out of that is when God is speaking, you leave your listening ears on. When the devil is speaking, you turn your listening ears off. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Does anybody else want to share what they got from the video? All right. 
So any authority testimonies? We heard Lynn's testimony about her authority over the fly. Anybody else have any authority testimonies? All right. Come on, ladies. I hope you're just being shy and don't want to share. But I do hope that you all are thinking about these principles and thinking about what we're learning and revisiting when the, when the um, replays come out and go to the podcasts and listen because what we're talking about is not something that you can just put in one time and think it's going to work. It's something we have to, it's called meditate on it. And we're going to do a lesson on meditating on scripture. Uh, you have to meditate on it. You've got to think about it. You've got to chew on it. You've got to exercise it. You've got to practice it. You've got to, you've got to apply it or else it's not going to work for you. You know, the Bible says faith comes by... Okay. Can't hear you. Faith yeah. comes by hearing. 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 Does faith come by does faith come by having heard something past tense? No, present tense. Here. Present tense. Hearing. So when you're hearing this word tonight in Bible study and tomorrow you're just reflecting on what you heard tonight, but you're not actively hearing it again then your faith is not coming because faith is fresh. Faith is not something that can be stored up. Faith is something that needs to be presently used. When is faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us now faith. Faith is now. Faith is not, I'm going, okay, I hear the word tonight, but I'll act on it tomorrow. No, that's not faith. Faith is now, and when you are presently hearing, present is now. And so as you are hearing the word now, your faith is coming to do something. But when you let it sit stagnant and you don't act on what you've heard, because faith without works is what? Dead. 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 So if you don't put an action, a corresponding action with your faith while it is fresh, then guess what? That faith died. It reminds me of a time I was a little girl and we were doing spring cleaning and mom had me to clean out my dresser drawers and I found this miniature calendar in there. You know, the little ones that we like to carry in our purse. And it was for the previous year. And I said, oh man, Here's a brand new calendar. I didn't even use it. That's okay. I'll use it the next time it's 1984. My mom says, you can't do that. It's never going to be 1984 again. I was so sad about that calendar. It was a brand new calendar. It was pretty and it was small. I could have it in my cute little purse. But now I had to throw it away. I was so sad about that calendar. <laughs> to realize that it would never be 1984 again and I could never use this calendar. That's how our faith is. Faith is now. When the word comes and, 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 and faith comes with it, okay, the word comes, you have authority. 
You can you have a bill you have authority over all the ability of the devil. You can speak to this thing and it can change. You know, whatever the word is that's coming to you, faith is there in that moment. And whatever it is that God's telling you to do, that's the corresponding action. The corresponding action isn't just something you decide to do. No, 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 no. The corresponding action is the thing that God is telling you to do. And when you do that in that moment, then you get to see manifestation of what you're believing for. We go back to one of our foundational scriptures, Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? Let me tell you what the guy is like who hears me and does what I say. He's like the guy that digs deep and built a foundation upon a rock. And when the flood came and the, storm, and the stream beat vehemently upon the house, the house could not be shaken because it was founded on a rock. That's the person who hears and does. Now, we've got the person who hears and doesn't do. He's like the person who builds his house on the sand. And so when the floods come and the streams beat vehemently upon the house, the house falls because it was on the sand. And great, the Bible says, great is the ruin of that house. Ladies, the Lord is trying to grow you up in some things, and he's trying to prepare you for some things. And he needs your cooperation. He needs, um, when we started talking about this, we were talking about 2020 is the year of perfect vision and how he's going to lead us down unfamiliar paths, paths that we have not known. He's going to cause the darkness to become light before us. But it's going to take us letting go of our dependence on ourselves it's going to take us letting go of what we already know. And it's going to take us putting our total reliance on him because he's taking us in places we've not been. He says, I'm going to lead the blind in paths that they knew not. And we're blind because we haven't been that way before and we don't know what to recognize. And he wants to show us. But he can't show us if we don't follow him down those paths. This is an authority path that he's trying to lead us down. And it's really good of you to come and for you to listen. And I hope you're taking notes. And I hope you're thinking about it during the day. And on the days that you do speak to the storm, I hope that it's building something up on the inside of you. But I want you to know God wants you to use this. He wants you to, this is just an exercise where we're walking it through together, where we're learning the principles, where we're learning the fundamentals. There's this preacher I know, he's a good, good preacher. And he said, do you know what you're watching every time you watch a championship game, whether it's football or baseball or basketball or soccer or whatever it is. 
Whenever you're watching a championship game, you're just watching a bunch of players who have mastered the fundamentals. They learned how to throw. They learned how to catch. They learned how to pass. They learned how to kick. They learned how to shoot a basket. They learned how to fall. They learned how to tackle. They learned all of these basic things, starting all the way down at Pee Wee football, and now they're in the Super Bowl. They're just masters of the fundamentals. But they practice these fundamentals all throughout their years, all throughout their careers, all throughout, such that they can get to a championship game. We are in the process of learning fundamentals. But if you don't practice, if you don't do your drills, then you're not going to um, progress in them. So I just really want to stress, I just really want to emphasize that this is an interactive Bible study. This is something I ask you all every week. Bring your expectation to receive something from the Lord and bring your supply of the Spirit. When you bring your expectation, you're going to get what you're believing God for. You're going to get a word that you need to make it through that situation. You're going to get a strategy that you need. You're going to get whatever it is that you need because your, your, um, your dependence isn't on me. Your expectation isn't on me. Your expectation is on God. And he's going to give it to you. And then when he gives it to you and you put your corresponding action with it, then you're going to experience something throughout the week and you're going to have an even greater supply to bring back with you the next week. You see how that works? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, does anybody have anything to say? Does anybody have any questions? Yes. Okay. You sent us the thing to read and meditate on. Okay, it was a scripture and a quote. It says, uh, for I have not, this is John twelve forty nine. Okay. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. So what's the difference between saying and speaking? Um, nothing. At least not that I know right now. I will be happy to look it up in the Greek, but saying and speaking are the same thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a good question. That is a good question. I'll look it up in the Greek, but saying and speaking, um, yeah, I'll leave it like that. I won't say anything I don't know. (laughs) I'll look it up. Okay. That's good. We're coming. Thank you for the question. Thank you. Um, and that brings me to this point now. I'm getting ready to answer a question that came in last week. It didn't come in during our study, but it came in. It says, um, actually, hold on a second. Wait a minute. Okay. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up in the Greek. But what was the assignment with that post? Oh, let's see. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about Meditate that. Meditate on it. And what? Say what you 
Hold on. It's because we have authority. Because of the word. If we say what he says, it's coming from the Bible. Okay. But but hold on a second. What was the assignment that came with that post that I sent out that day? Meditate. Meditate on it and do what? What does the whole thing say? Good morning, Dominion Task Force. Praise God for another day. We have been learning about how important it is to say what God says to say. Why is it so important? Meditate the following quote and scripture. Then, in the privacy of your own heart, meditate if and why it is important for you to say what God says. So, Lynn, that was a great question. What is the difference between say and speak? But if you are meditating this, and this question comes up in your heart, then that's something for you to pursue. That's something for you to pray about and ask God. That's something for you to pull out the thesaurus or pull out the dictionary or pray and get an answer. And this is part, this is part of, let me tell you all who are not familiar with me or my teaching, this is like the essence of what I do. I do bring the word to you. I do teach the word to you. I do expound the word to you. But my greater goal is always to teach you how to have more access to the word so that you don't have to depend on what the preacher says. You don't have to depend on what the pastor says. You don't have to depend on what the teacher says. But you know how to go to the word for yourself and find out what God says. And you know how to dig in and get deeper understanding. So um, there will come a point when I will teach you that, but just very basic. The way I started out, when I was interested in something like that, I would ask God and then I would go to the dictionary and I would write down every definition for say and I would write down every definition for speak. And I'd start right there at the basics. And God saw my heart. He saw that I was seeking him. And he never failed to answer me. So I want you all to take the initiative during the week. Um, I know it's, it's real easy to go to church on Sunday and then pick it up again on Sunday and pick it up again on Sunday, go to Bible study on Thursday. And, and, or maybe you've got you know a Wednesday night thing going on, a Thursday night thing going on, a Sunday thing going on. You've got a lot of stuff going on. But whatever it is, God's always talking to you about something. Whether you hear him or not, that's another thing. But God's always talking to you about something. Follow that thread. Follow that path. Seek it out. Dig deeper. I think we need to do it. Let's dig deep. We keep coming back to that. Dig deep. Okay? Lynn, it was a great question. And I am going to look it up. But you know what? I'm going to ask each of you to look it up, too, and let's come back next week and compare our results. Okay. All right. Okay. All hearts and minds clear? Yes. Okay. Okay. So I want to give you all a hurricane update. Um, 
for the Atlantic, Caribbean Sea, and Gulf of Mexico region. There are no tropical cyclones at this time, and there are none expected for the next five days. Um, yes, woohoo! There is a tropical depression west of Hawaii, so that's on the opposite side of us, and it's actually headed west, like towards Asia, so it's headed away from us. There are 35 mile per hour winds moving at 9 miles per hour, but it's not even significant enough to give it a name. It's got a number of some sort, like 3E. Okay. <laughs> so praise God. Praise God. Praise and God. the Sahara dust that came in, it's, it's headed, or it's actually um, hit the U.S. now, but it came through here in the Virgin Islands very, very strong. Did anybody see the article where this is the most intense the Sahara dust has been in 50 or 60 years? Yeah. I didn't see yeah. that. Say that again, please. Yeah. I saw it on TV. That yes. That's 50 years. Yes. And, um, and I had mentioned last week without having much knowledge of it, I, I had just read it, but um, I've learned a little bit more, but it's the, this dust helps to suppress storms. So there was a very thick layer of it. So I'm telling you all, don't, don't take these manifestations for granted. Don't think that it's just happenstance, okay? Know that these things are happening. Um, all right. So now... Here's a question that came in last week, um, not during Bible study. It came in after. But um, last week I asked the question. I said the week before when I said that God did not send the storm, there were only two people who were certain of that. And last week I asked, is there anybody else who was convinced that God did not send the storm? And we were talking about Cristobal. And um, two more people said, yes, I know God didn't send the storm. Later, this question came in. I know God didn't send the storm, but how did the storm come? That is excellent. So I just want to explain very briefly. Um, there's a preacher he refers to, he uses this term. It's called the earth curse system. That's what he calls it, the earth curse system. This earth, in the natural order of things, the way they are right now, the way they've been ever since Adam fell, the, um, the natural order of the earth is the curse. The curse entered in Genesis chapter 3, and we see that in verses 14 through 19, where God curses the serpent to crawl on his belly, and eat the dust of the ground. Um, the the woman is now going to experience sorrow and, and, and pain and childbirth, and her desire is going to be for her husband. And the ground is cursed, and now that there are going to be thorns and thistles, the man's going to have to work by the sweat of his brow. I'm starting to feel the anointing, so something's going forth. Somebody's pulling something out of him. Um, so... Ever since the fall, the curse has been in effect. 
And because Adam gave his, God had given Adam the dominion, given Adam and Eve, but I'm talking about Adam. He gave Adam the dominion, and when Adam disobeyed, when Adam chose to listen to his wife instead of listening to God, he gave his dominion to the devil. And that is why um, the devil is called the God of the, the little g, God of this world, in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. So the natural order of things in the earth right now is the curse. I read in this article online, I can text you all the link if you're interested in it. It's at Bible.org. Um, but this is the statement the preacher made. He said, the whole creation became subjected to fallen man. Okay, because notice, when, when Adam sinned, God didn't come back down here and say, mix on that, I'm starting all over. He did not do that. The whole creation became subjected to fallen man. An unfallen creation could not be ruled by a fallen Lord. Creation could not remain perfect and then have Adam, who had fallen, in charge of it. All right? So everything in creation which is now opposed to man, from mosquitoes to viruses to natural disasters, all of that stems from the fall. All suffering and pain ultimately can be traced back to the first sin. That is how the storm was able to come in the first place. God didn't send it. It's the natural order of things. But we... And I'm going to use a word here. I don't know how it's going to make you guys feel. But we, as God's children, we aren't operating in the natural realm. We're operating in the supernatural realm. We've got God's super on our natural when we allow him to work through us. When Jesus came and walked his perfect sinless life, died on the cross, rose again, now he's ascended back into heaven. But when he came and he walked out this road on earth that God had for him, he took authority, he took dominion back from the devil, and then before he went to heaven, he gave it to us. So now dominion has been restored to its rightful owner, who is us. Jesus came and set things right. This is Catherine speaking now. This isn't that post anymore. Jesus came and set things right. The dominion that once belonged to Adam now belongs to us. And get this, Jesus didn't come to redeem creation. He didn't come and say, okay, I'll make the grass grow by itself again, and, and I'll make the trees do this by themselves again, and I'll make it. He didn't come to redeem creation. He came to redeem man. And now that man has been redeemed, now that we've been bought back, and we've been put back in our rightful place of authority, we can exercise dominion again. That's why we can take dominion over the storm. That's why we can have dominion over the storm. That's why we can set boundaries. That's why we can tell it what it can and cannot do. That's why we have the right and the responsibility to have dominion over the storm and anything else that opposes us as the children of God. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Any thoughts, comments, questions? Yeah. Um, 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Oh, I see that as a way to tie into my authority. There are no storms in heaven. Yes. Amen. So, uh, you know, if his will is, is done like that in heaven, then his will can be done like that here. Amen. If we say... And if we're in alignment with the word, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. I had this vision. I heard this guy talking today, and from what he was talking about, I'd never listened to him before. Can't remember his name, but the point was is that he he was speaking to the fact that the world and Satan and um, flesh. It's all around us. And in, in receiving Christ, we lift ourselves above it. That's how we get taken out of the world. Even though we're, we're in the world, we're not of the world because we have received Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that I kind of, while you were, I kind of envisioned, you know, I'm sitting on the right hand of God. I'm sitting... With Jesus. When God looks at me, he sees Jesus. And so it's like I'm leaning over and commanding down to the earth what, what needs to happen. I mean, that's, that's, that's my vision up there to help me with this. Yes, that's awesome. Amen. That's awesome. That reminds me of the night that I got the, the revelation. I had the aha moment. Um, it wasn't a full revelation at the time, but this is the revelation I got. I was like, oh, I have dual citizenship. I'm a citizen mm-hmm. here on earth, and I'm a citizen in heaven. Amen. So that means I can rule things from heaven and control the earth. That I mean, I saw myself in the two places. Like you said, you see yourself at the right hand and leaning over and commanding the earth. I saw the same thing, and my revelation was, ah, I have dual citizenship. I have a right to be in heaven. I am in heaven. I am seated in Christ Jesus. I am seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus. I'm there. And that became a reality to me. And now my revelation has grown. I do not have dual citizenship. I am a citizen of heaven. That is where I am from. And I am an ambassador here on earth. And if we know anything about ambassadors, like ambassadors to different countries, uh, let's say that I am from America, um, but I am an ambassador in Kenya. Any time, no matter where I am in Kenya, everywhere I step, I'm on American soil. Why? Because I am an American ambassador. Wherever I am, that's American soil, even if the country is called Kenya. So even as um, an ambassador here in earth, everywhere I step, that's heaven's territory. And I get to operate by heaven's rules. As an ambassador, you operate by the rules of your own country wherever you are. And that's what we get to do 
as and, and just in case you all want to put your eyes on it, turn to Second um, Corinthians chapter five. I know this conversation is real different than conversations we've had in the past. I just want you to keep in mind that some things are taught and some things are caught. So just put yourself in the in the in the position, assume the position, and our position is that of agreement, agreement with the word of God, and Holy Spirit will minister that truth to us in a way that we understand. Okay. Second Corinthians chapter five. And we'll look at um, verse verse twenty. So if we start with um, we start with verse seventeen, we know that verse very well. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We use that scripture a lot when inviting people to receive Jesus. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And it's true. But if you read this chapter in its full context, this is Paul speaking to Christians. And what he's saying is stop judging people after their old behaviors. Stop judging people after the flesh and see them in the spirit. Because if they're in Christ, they're a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. Stop holding things against people. Stop looking at them after the flesh. That's what Paul is preaching in this scripture. Then we go to verse 18. And he says, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Christ Jesus, and hath given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. So God reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus. Now Christ Jesus is on the inside of us, so we have the ministry of reconciliation, leading people to Jesus. Okay? Um, verse 19, who will read that? To wit, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not in putting their trespass unto them, and that <clears throat> and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Yes. So um, I'm going back up to 18. All things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Christ Jesus. And now we have the ministry of reconciliation. Why? Because God was in Christ, reconciling the world, reconciling all of us to himself, not imputing their trespasses to him. He wasn't pointing the finger saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, and making it hard to get into heaven. No, he was reconciling us to him, not imputing our trespasses to us. And he has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Come unto me. Come, come unto me. He's just calling us to him. And so since he reconciled us and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, which we're supposed to carry out the same way he did, not telling people how bad they are, but rather telling them how much God loves them and drawing them to God. 
Okay, yeah. now verse 20, who will read that? Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you, we pray you in Christ said, be you reconciled to God. Mm-hmm. Be reconciled to God. Yes, and so he's saying, now here we are then. We are ambassadors for Christ. We want to reconcile you to God just like he reconciled us to God. We pray you in Christ's stead. We're praying. We're as we are. We are personal representatives of Jesus Christ, and we are beseeching you: be reconciled to God. Come to God. We are ambassadors. That means we are here on His behalf. We are here in His stead. So here is the scripture: we are ambassadors of Christ. We are ambassadors of heaven. And when we think about what an ambassador has and how an ambassador operates and just what it means, you know, we are on heavenly soil because we are heavenly ambassadors. All of our all of our provision comes from our native land. That's what happens with ambassadors. That's why they have an embassy. Where everything inside the embassy is just like it would be in their own country. So all of our provision comes from heaven. Glory to God. He might send it through man, but the provision comes from heaven. Glory to God. Okay? Amen. So I feel like we need to pause for a minute and just see law this. Does anybody have any thoughts or questions? When we when you be when we began the Bible study tonight, you made a statement about well, at least I, what I understood the statement was referring to you having taken dominion and, and um, through exercising authority, but there was a necessary part of it being things being put in place. And that authority that you had taken put things in place, but other people had to come in alignment with it in order to receive it. I I, I thought I heard you say that. Yes. Okay. So that brought me, so as you began teaching about us having dominion, my thoughts were we all have dominion saved or unsaved, but our dominion that comes from Jesus is greater, it's higher, but men have dominion whether they're, whether they are under the influence of Satan or whether they are under the influence of God. So I was thinking in terms of that alignment piece, um, why to is is it important for us to recognize that we have dominion, yes, but there are other people, unbelievers, have that dominion too, but it's not under the lordship of Jesus to be conscious of that. Is it important to know that when we're walking in our dominion and our authority? 
That is such a great question. I actually had that in my notes, and then I said, well, I don't want to muddy the waters. <laughs> so I didn't say it. So I guess I should have left it in there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, you're absolutely right. Man has, God gave man authority in the beginning. He gave man authority. Mm-hmm. Just because man messed it up, God did not take that authority back. Mm-hmm. What he did was with Adam and Eve, he made them leave the garden. And he put angels there to guard it so they couldn't come back. And that wasn't because he was being this mean, vengeful God. That was because the tree of life was still on the inside of that garden. And had they chosen to eat of the tree of life in their fallen state, then the world would be in that fallen state for eternity. So God kept them from that tree of life so that his son could come and redeem the world. Now, what Deborah was just asking or saying about man, saved or unsaved, having authority. All right. In the context of what I was saying, where I have set things up in my authority, I've I've set it up, I've done everything I need to do, all that person needs to do is say yes. Let's just leave it like that. All they need to do is say yes. But if they don't say yes, there's nothing I can do and there's nothing God can do because God is not going to overcome our free will. Mm-hmm. That's... Um, So I'm going to use this context of healing, right? The Bible says that these signs shall follow those that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I know when I lay my hands on, when I'm led to lay my hands on somebody and I lay my hands on them and I speak healing to them, I know healing is there. Now, if that person chooses to continue to say, oh, my back is killing me, oh, my back is killing me, yeah. or, okay, I was at a restaurant one time, and this man was playing the piano, and, you know, we got to talking and everything, and he was telling me how he had arthritis in his hands and this, that, and the other, and I said, well, I can pray for you. Oh, no, I like my arthritis. I'm okay with my arthritis. <laughs> That's what he said. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> you know, I'm like, God really can't take it all away from me. No, I'm, I'm good with my arthritis. That was his desire. That was his will. And even the dominion that I have and the ability to lay my hands on someone and they recover, I could not go onto that territory because he had dominion over himself. Yes. Yes, that's that's what I wanted make. I felt to make. I feel to. I need it cleared in myself that there is such there is habitational authority that does exist, even though this is an authority that I'm walking in under the all power of heaven and earth that Jesus gives me. It still is confined within the way God has set up things to operate in line with man's will. 
So I wanted yes. to, I wanted to keep that clear in my thinking because in times past, when that was not clear to me, and I exercised or attempted to exercise authority and dominion outside of my boundaries, when things didn't happen, I began doubting the authority and the dominion that I had, and I didn't. I don't want to slip into that again. I want to make sure I understand how my authority and dominion that Jesus has given me operates, how within the confines of the way God set it up in in light of man's will. Yes, that is an excellent point, in light of man's will. Now, I'm going to bring it back to the hurricanes, okay? So far, the only thing the Lord has had us doing, and it's working, is commanding the storms to bow their knee to the name of Jesus and confess that Jesus is Lord. Did that stop Cristobal from coming? No, it didn't. Okay? Now, there's a scripture in our handout. I don't know if you all have your handouts with you, but it's the handout that has Dominion Task Force on the front of it. On the second page, um, it's in the middle of our Psalm 148 scripture. On the second page, the very top, it's verse 6 in the Amplified Version. Psalm 148 is about commanding creation. And here, verse 6 in the Amplified Version. Does anybody have it? The Amplified Classic Version. Is anybody able to read that? Okay, I'll read it. It said, Talking about God, he also established them, his creation, he also established them forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. He fixed their bounds which cannot be passed over. So in light of creation, God fixed bounds. He set boundaries on things. Okay? And that's explaining that scripture. Now, explaining how it applies to us in commanding the storms. When we are commanding, we are setting bounds on those storms. They cannot pass a certain bound. The bound is you cannot do more than what you are already legally allowed to do. Well, what are they legally allowed to do? Well, Cristobal was legally allowed to form and to make landfall and to destroy whatever it destroyed. It was why there were some things that were already put in place by God's will. If you remember last week, I discussed the scripture in Matthew chapter 19 when the Pharisees were trying to trip Jesus up over the question of divorce. You know, is it lawful? For a man to divorce his wife. Um, and then Jesus said, well, don't you know that God created a male and female? The man should leave and cleave and the two become one, da 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 da, da. And, and then they said, well, then why did Moses grant them, you know, divorcement? And Jesus said, because of the hardness of man's heart, Moses was allowed to um, allow them to divorce. But from the beginning, it was not so. For the hardness of man's heart, because of man's self-will, 
because of, as Deborah said, the habitational dominion that they have. We cannot overcome another person's will. We can minister to someone all we want to. We can um, speak salvation to someone all we want to, but we cannot make them receive Jesus. We can pray for healing for someone all we want to, but we can't make them receive the healing. The Lord is blessing me to minister to someone right now. She pray, She she asked, please be in agreement with me for healing because um, I'm experiencing thus and so, thus and so. All right. And so the Lord had me to come alongside her and um, just begin to agree with her for healing. And I did this just assuming. Don't ever assume. Okay? If somebody asks you for prayer, ask them what they are believing God for. And come into agreement with them for what they are believing God for. And minister to them if you can take them to a higher level or if you can, you know, shine light that they don't have and help them to see other things. But I just immediately began to pray for this woman and pray for healing and I'm believing and praise God it's done in the name of Jesus. And then they say, oh, but no, whatever God wants for me is fine. If this is God's will for me, I'll receive. And I'm like, I just wasted my prayer. That's how I felt, y'all. I'm going to tell you, I wasted my prayer. I don't like wasting my prayers. And so I'm like, now, Lord, I know you led me to this person. I know you led me to come alongside them. I know you, you know, said to pray with them. So what do I do? And that's why Holy Spirit is so important. He will give you strategies. And he gave me strategies to just continue to pray with this woman. And I got favor in her eyes. And we began to pray together on a regular basis. And, and the prayer time became a time of, of, of love and compassion and also of teaching. Because if they prayed something, and I say, I can't agree with you on that. Because the word of God says this. So I'm going to go with the word of God. I, I can't agree with you on that prayer. And there were some dicey times in our prayer times together. But over time, this lady came to say, wow, okay, now show me that again. Okay, okay. And now when we pray together, girlfriend is commanding stuff in the name of Jesus. And she's like, all of that is mine in the name of Jesus. And she's receiving healing that she asked for in the beginning. Hallelujah. And it took some teaching time, it took some ministering time, it took some time for the word to be able to go in. But in the beginning, I was praying something totally different than what she wanted, even though the words out of her mouth were, pray for me for my healing. Because she was content to hold on to this illness because it might bring God glory, my prayers were of none effect in that moment except for planting seeds. So I won't say of none effect. My seed, my, my prayer went to plant seed. And praise God, the seed is coming forth because oh, healing is manifesting. Oh. But we cannot overtake another person's will. Go ahead. Can I interject something here, Catherine? Yes, yes. To me, this goes back to the scripture that Lynn spoke in John chapter 12. I would like to read that scripture out of the Passion Translation because it, it, it fits exactly right here. And I, and I also want to read it in light of 
something that happened when my sister-in-law came to visit me here in Texas last summer. She lives in the east, and she likes the cold weather. And so coming to hot temperatures was very testing for her. So when she came, she came taking authority over the heat. And when it didn't change, she was perplexed, God, what happened? And the Lord began talking to her about habitational authority, even when it comes to dealing with other parts of the earth. Um, Mm -hmm. And she said what what she related to me was she did not get from God what to say in that situation. She just began taking authority. And that's kind of what you're talking about now, us being hearing the Holy Spirit. You have heard the Holy Spirit say to you what we are to say to these storms. So the Lord has given that word for us to speak, regardless of whether whether I'm over here in Texas and you over there in the Virgin Islands. He has spoken the word to speak. Now listen to this scripture that Lynn spoke uh, in John chapter 12, verse 49 and 50 out of the Passion Translation. It says, For I'm not speaking as someone who is self-appointed, but I speak by the authority of the Father himself who sent me and who instructed me what to say. And I know that the Father commands results in eternal life. And that's why I speak the word I've heard him speak. Amen. Amen. And that is the rhema word. I heard him speak. That's the rhema word. Okay, who's trying to speak here? Now, I was just saying amen, but I did want to make a, um, um, a brief testimony about something similar, but is it that storm that occurred, I guess it was last Thursday, and when you made mention that Lynn had already gotten off the phone about the weather, and I said, let me look outside and see what's going on, and, you know, after we got off the phone, and <laughs> I hadn't really paid attention, and then I went, okay, and my daughter wanted to get something to eat, so I ran, because it was, it was getting dark, but then um, I said, let me Go ahead and speak over what I see is coming, you know. Uh, this, uh, so I did, and it, it the uh, so in this area over here in the, my area, Louisville area, the weather was still dark. Nothing occurred, so let me just get where I need to get and get back. But I had to get gas. So in the meanwhile, it was still nothing, you know. And so by the time I got gas, it started pouring down rain, and then the winds got stronger, and I went. Okay, I know I prayed, and I know I took dominion. I said, okay, God, um, I'm not sure what they're saying out there. I'm talking about people who are talking about, oh, the weather's getting worse. Bye-bye. So I had to counsel them. I said, whatever words are being spoken contrary to the word of God, the word that is written, I seek counselation. And I seek the, the, your word that as Jesus spoke it to the storm, cease, peace be still of this, uh, the winds that are picking up. And then as I finished up with the gas, it, it just, dropped off and, and then it's just everything went back you know just light rain then it was gone by the time I got home but I was like glory to God but it was like whoa that was my intercept you know when I run into wait a minute something just happened it's getting it's stirring back up or something extra is happening so that I you know that was my Crazy. testimony 
<laughs> Praise God. That's an authority story. Praise God. Praise God. Which makes me say, Lynn, tell us what happened that night. I spoke, and it did decrease. Well, hold, hold on one second. Hold on one second. Start first with, tell, with telling us what was going on and why you had to get off the phone, and then tell us what you spoke and what happened. Uh, there was there was uh, warnings, and also I, I I'm in an RV, so when the wind gets high, it moves my RV. Hold so on a second. I Hold have, on a second. Hold on. I'm so sorry. Does everybody know what an RV is? Yes. No. It's a. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's like a trailer. Okay, yes. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. And I have actually had the trailer slightly picked up. So I know what that experience felt like. And so we have a lot of, you know, we can have hail here. Uh, I'm in Texas. Can have hail and high winds. And so I spoke against what was happening, but I needed, I needed to go speak to it, like facing it. Um, even though it was out my window, I needed to face it. And uh, so that's what I did. And um, I think I said it twice. My second time, I think it felt like I was more convincing um, in the sense of hearing myself speak. But I, uh, I, uh, it was within a couple of minutes. It just all died down. Did the, there was still wind, but it was like normal wind, and um, there was no hail, and uh, the rain came down hard. But you know, it's rain, so there wasn't any damaging um, effects of the storm. Praise God, man. The lightning was lighting up the sky, but there there wasn't vertical lightning in the area where I was. It was just horizontal stuff. Praise God. Can you tell us what you said? Um, what did I say? Well, I was concerned about tornadoes. So the first thing I say, every, every tail, you raise it up. So no, no tails would come down and touch on the earth. And then I just spoke to the storm and I, you know, peace be still to the winds and uh, no damage, no damage done. I mean, it, I didn't see anything. I probably didn't do a real biblical thing other than what I did to speak to it. But I, other than the peace be still concerning the wind. It's not so much as quoting scripture as much as saying what God gives you to say. So praise God, it worked. And you said it in your authority. That's the thing. Um, I have to tell you this quick story. So I am originally from North Carolina. I am a traveling speech therapist. And my mom is like, oh, my gosh, somebody needs to write a book about the mother of a traveling speech therapist because you just go all kinds of places and all kinds of things happen and you're like, don't worry, mom, God's got it. I don't know. 
<laughs> she was like, my nerves, my nerves. So anyway, I had recently moved to Texas. And um, these stories that you hear coming from these ladies, from Lynn, from Tamara, from Deborah, we are some talking to weather people. We, we believe in that. We just do that. It's like we just do. And so um, I, I think some bad storms had come through Texas, tornadoes and all of that. And my phone just lit up with texts from my family. It was so sweet. And they were all concerned about me in the storm. And I didn't even realize what was happening. I, I couldn't figure out why they were so concerned until I turned on the news and watched. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And, but I would tell them, oh, no, we talked to the weather around here. It's okay. We're good. We're good. Maybe I shouldn't have told them that because then after that they didn't call much anymore during the storm. But, you know, it was just such a way of life. It is such a way of life. It can be such a way of life. Um, I'm feeling glad to share. Go ahead. Um, I, I believed in it. I believed, I don't know, it, it just felt comfortable to say. Um, but in particular, the experience I had with um, Maria. Now, I, was, I wasn't there on the island at that time but I was talking with Catherine and she told me what God told her to pray and to say so we had we were I was tracking the storm on my phone and she told me you know what she wanted said and so I prayed and I would call her back maybe once an hour trying to keep track of of what was going on and I understood from what Catherine said that the storm was going to raise up. This is the this is the oh, first that's right. storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah this the was first Irma. Storm. I don't remember the name of it. Irma. But Irma. So and it said that Stormer would raise Irma would raise up and would go slightly north of the island. And I watched it from weather reports and things, and that's exactly what it did. Now, I don't remember what Catherine had told me she was praying, but I, I prayed the same words, and um, that was kind of like a testimony. I mean, when it's by myself, you know, it is what it is, but now I'm praying with somebody, and the storm moved, and I was like, yow. So that was really uh, a convincing thing for me. Um, it made me feel more secure in myself. Can we take a moment, just a moment, to emphasize the vitalness of the communion of the Holy Spirit, the relationship piece of the Holy Spirit in effectively exercising dominion and authority. Yes. The, okay. Turn, well, hold on a second. Let me see how we're going to do this. The commute, well, this is your Bailey stick, Deborah. 
talk to uh, very briefly, very briefly, talk to us about the communion of the Holy Spirit, and then I've got something to say. Okay. Um, in Second Corinthians thirteen fourteen, Paul mentions three areas that the Holy Spirit spoke to him to minister to the Corinthian church, who, by the way, was a church filled with manifestations of the Holy Spirit, miracles, signs, wonders, speaking in tongues. But they were immature in, the, in, the, in, the, in many areas, and he was ministering to that place that would bring them up into maturity as far as character. And the communion of the Holy Spirit was one of them. And that word communion means partnership. It's the, 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 the Greek word koinonia, but it means partnership. And it is through the partnership of the Holy Spirit that we are able to carry out the plans and the will of God in the earth. Even Hebrews 9.14 says it was through the eternal spirit that Jesus offered himself without spot. In other words, it was through his partnership of the Holy Spirit, not through the reliance on his deity as the son of God, but it was his reliance on the Holy Spirit as a man uh, on the direction of the Holy Spirit that enabled him to maintain his spotlessness until he could offer himself as a sacrifice on the cross. So whatever God has given us in the way of authority and dominion, it has to be in combination with the Spirit of God. It's the Word and the Spirit, not just the going to find out what the word says about our dominion, but having the Holy Spirit speak into our hearts in the moment, what we are to do with that word, how we're to apply it or not apply it in order to get effective results. And that's why that scripture said in John that I just read, it said, I know that the Father commands results in eternal life, results to whatever Jesus has given us, by his sacrifice, his resurrection, his obedience, all of those results, we get that because we are only going to speak the words that we are hearing the Holy Spirit say at the time. And that's why Catherine emphasized the word rhema. It's the speaking, not the spoken. It's the speaking word that carries that active faith for us to act on in that moment. And that's why we cannot assume, like Catherine said, we can't assume anything. We need to be hearing the Holy Ghost in that moment. What's the truth about this Holy Spirit? How to pray for this person? How to speak to that storm? And even when I'm speaking to the storm, I'm listening in that moment. Is there something further I should be doing or not doing? And, and well, that's it. Amen. Amen. And so as Deborah was speaking, this is what I heard really strong. Um, that that she just spoke is what we want to get to. We want to get to that communion with the Holy Spirit. Um, and I'm just going to tell you what I'm hearing, and I will let God minister to you. I'll let his Holy Spirit minister to you. The first thing that needs to happen is that there needs to be an acute awareness that Holy Spirit is not an it. He's a he with a personality, and he's very real. I often 
talk to people, you know, I'll say, oh, God told me this, and God told me that, and God told me, you know, and that was just part of my regular conversation, because I'm always, God's always talking to me, I'm always talking to him, it's normal, it took my friend, we, she and I went out to dinner one night, and she was actually a Jehovah's Witness, she looked at me, and she was like, Catherine, you do realize that people don't hear God the way you do, right? I was like, what? I was like, they don't? She said, no. I said, really? She said, no. In other words, like, you do, you, you do know you sound like a freak. That's exactly what <laughs> She was like, people don't hear God the way you do. I was like, well, why not? You know, I did not understand that. And even now in my walk in different circles and with different believers, the number one request that I hear, you know, is I want to be able to hear God. I want to hear God better. And so I have learned, um, and, I, and I don't think I was doing it in a place of pride. I just didn't know. You know how when something's normal to you, you think it's normal to everybody. So I have learned to treasure my hearing even more, you know, and to realize that everybody doesn't hear on this level, but everybody can. I tell people my most prized possession is my hearing meaning my spiritual hearing, because if I can't hear God, I don't know which direction to go. If I can't hear God, I don't know what to say. If I can't hear God, I don't know what to do. I can read his Bible all day long, but if I can't hear his voice telling me what to do with this word, just like what Deborah was saying, then I'm still lost. And then my most prized possession is my word. Boy, oh boy, because my words are powerful. I don't waste my words on everything because my words are too powerful. A weapon, honey, things happen when I speak. Amen. And the two go together, which is in that scripture that Lynn and Deborah brought out. I speak what I'm hearing. He tells me what to say. He tells me what to speak, and that's what I speak, and they have results. So the very first thing that we need to realize is that Holy Spirit is a very real He. He's alive. He's real. He's not just ooh, something in the Bible or, okay, yeah, He's part of God, but mm -mm. Holy, Holy Spirit, I'm going to say this and I hope it comes out right, but Holy Spirit is the reason Jesus went back to heaven. Jesus said, I have to go so I can send the Holy Spirit. And when the comforter has come, he's going to guide you into all truth. He's going to teach you things. He's going to bring all things to your remembrance. Why? Because Jesus here on earth was only one man who could be in one place at one time. But Holy Spirit is Jesus, is God in every one of us all at the same time. And that's how we're able to do more on this earth. But when we, only when we act, live, breathe, speak in cooperation with him. That's why we have to set ourselves at all times to be in agreement with the word of God. And if we aren't yet attuned to hearing God's voice speak to us, then we need to get more acquainted with his written word, the Logos word, the Bible. Because the Bible, I love the way Creflo Dollar says it, the Bible introduces us to God's vocabulary. 
whenever you learn a foreign language, you start with the vocabulary so you can have a conversation. As we're learning more of God's vocabulary, see, we're getting equipped to have a conversation with him. We'll be able to hear him, know what he sounds like, know what he would say, know what he wouldn't say. His sheep hear his voice. His sheep know his voice. And a stranger's voice, they will not follow. So if we're talking about that word communion, we're talking about that word fellowship, we're talking about that word partnership, we got to get to know him. We've got to treat him more than, as more than just an acquaintance. We need to get to know him. He's a real person. He has real insight, real strategies. He worked the character of God into us. As Deborah said, it's the word and the spirit. We can have the word, but if we don't know what to do with it, the Holy Spirit is the one who teaches us what to do with it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, ladies. So any anybody have any questions or comments before we close out? All right. I want to thank you all for bringing your supply. And I just trust and believe that something was said here tonight that quickened something on the inside of you. I believe that revelation has come forth tonight that lets you know that this is possible. I'm the type of person where once I find out something is possible, it becomes possible for me. When I was in middle school, you know, um, went to a Wednesday night, went to revival on a Wednesday night, got there a few minutes late, so we had to stand out in the vestibule before we could go inside. But it was a glass door. We could see through it. We could hear through it. And it was testimony service. One of my... One of the girls that went to my school, she was two years older than me, one of the girls that went to my school was standing up testifying. And I was like, oh, I didn't know children could testify. Well, once I learned that children could testify, I learned that I could testify. So I began testifying. I'm the type of person that once I learned that something is possible, it becomes possible for me. So I believe that tonight something was shared here that lets you know that something is possible and that it's possible for you in the name of Jesus. I also want to encourage you all, if there is something that you have received, something that you are want, uh, you have grabbed hold to or something that you want to grab hold to, I am seriously encouraging you to sow on it. It is a corresponding action of your faith that I received this word that went forth tonight, God, and I am believing you that this word is going to show up in my life and I'm going to be able to operate according to this word. So I'm, I'm, I'm strongly encouraging you all to do that. Um, well, I would like to pray for you all before we go. Anybody have any comments? Last chance. All right. Lord God, thank you so much for showing yourself strong here tonight. I thank you, Lord, for knowing exactly what we needed to hear exactly what we needed to know. I thank you for taking us deeper, and I thank you for taking us higher in you. 
Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence, and I thank you for shining the light on God's word, giving us revelation. Help us to become more acquainted with you, to come deeper in fellowship and partnership and communion with you. Lord, I speak blessing over each one under the sound of my voice. And I plead the blood of Jesus over them in the name of Jesus. And I say that no weapon that is formed against them shall prosper. Lord, I thank you for the seed of your word that has been planted in the fertile soil of their hearts. And I speak that it has been received with understanding in the name of Jesus so that Satan cannot, cannot, cannot steal it away. Lord, my prayer is that these ladies will give your word 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold attention so it can take root and bring forth 30, 60, 100-fold in their lives in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that we're not leaving here the same way that we came. We thank you, God, that you are conforming us into the image of your dear Son and you are changing us from glory to glory and you are taking us from faith to faith. We thank you, Lord, for teaching us. You were so faithful, teaching, giving us the message behind your word. That's what this is all about. We are getting the message behind your word, and we are learning the inner workings of your word so we can work it efficiently, proficiently, and accurately, precisely, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, and I call it done. And I speak a word of encouragement to you, ladies. If things start to go contrary in your life and things start to look like they're going against the word of God, think it not strange because the enemy knows. If, even if you don't know, the enemy knows what a powerful gift you have received here tonight. And he's going to do everything he can to distract you and take you off of it. But don't you let him. If things go contrary, you just turn your praise on. Higher and higher. Know that you're going in the right direction because if the devil leaves you alone, then you know you might want to think about that. The bigger a threat you are to his kingdom, the heavier the artillery he will use. I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm saying that to encourage you. I want you to know that you are mighty in the Lord and that you can do mighty exploits through him in Jesus' name. God is growing us up into something, and he's raising up another leg of his army to take dominion as he commissioned Adam to do in Genesis 1.28. And that leg is us, the dominion task force. So be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, ladies, I love you. Love you. Love you.